0: Big news. This Wellness Couch podcast is proudly brought to you by The Wellness Summit, returning this year to Melbourne on August 17 and 18. Early bird tickets and all info at thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Flourish for the Least Comerfib, where we hear real stories from everyday people that will encourage and inspire you on your own health journey. Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode. I'm here today with Libby, um, who is one of my lovely clients that I've been working with for the past few months. And she has a pretty exciting story to tell about her journey with GAPS. And so we're going to get straight into it today and start learning a bit about Libby's journey. Um, How are you going, Libby?
1: Good. How
0: are you? Good, thank you. So do you want to start with just filling us in with um, what you were
1: dealing with and what made you turn towards GAPS? Okay. Um, Well, it has been something that I guess like. I haven't always known that gaps existed, but I have always known that my immune system or um, my sense of wellness has always sort of been compromised, I guess. And it started from when I was a little kid and I had um, asthma, um, recurrent chest infections, um, tonsillitis, um, sinusitis, sort of any kind of inflammatory <laughs> um, virus or disease that you could get, I seemed to kind of get it. And um, it kind of just continued on into adulthood. So, I it was just sort of the norm for me to be regularly sick or unwell. And I was always pretty underweight. And um, My sister used to call me like the runt of the family because I was always <laughs> sort of sick and skinny and scrawny, <laughs> like just surviving kind of thing. Um, and she, yeah, so it, it's sort of been something... That I knew wasn't necessarily right but I didn't know any different and so I kind of got used to just feeling that way and being regularly sick and unwell and I guess it wasn't until I had my kids um, and I realized how important it was to not be unwell and to be able to, to, to look after them and then for them to start sort of repeating history in the sense that they started getting unwell regularly and and having lots of susceptibility to viruses and secondary infections.
0: Yeah, and isn't um, it funny that's that a story That's a story I hear so often. It's the kids that yeah. make us start to change yeah. things for ourselves. And also yeah. something you said there about how you had all these things going on and you just thought it was normal. That was me, yeah. and that's so many of my clients that I deal with that you have all these little issues and it's not till you kind of stand back and look at it all together under yeah. the umbrella of something like that so you can go, hang on a minute, it's not normal yeah. to have all of these things going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I would often go to the GP um, you know, regularly and, and they would sort of say things like, Oh, you're just really unlucky or you just must be more susceptible to picking these things up and, and so I saw I felt like I was I was a bit frustrated because there there didn't seem to be an option not for me to be getting sick all the time it was just my lot in life and I just sort of had to put up with that and and that seemed really um unfair to me and and really it just seemed a bit ridiculous that that one person could get that much more illness like be ill more so than somebody that was standing next to me or my friends even though we were exposed to the same things and eating the same things so it just was yeah it was really confusing for me and I I think because my kids started getting sick and I would see them suffering I just didn't want them to repeat my experience of being unwell all the time and having eczema and asthma and and it's stopping them from doing things that they enjoyed and it was just stressful to have sick kids all the time you know like the time that you take off work and um, the energy it takes when your kids are unwell. Um, so that kind of, that sort of was pushing me in the direction of, of gaps and knowing that I needed to do something pretty drastic. Um, but there always seemed to be something or an excuse or a reason why I wasn't ready or in the right space to do that. Um, and most of the time it was really that it just came down to it being too hard and it just seemed overwhelming and like it was too much for me to achieve. And then I would go through a period of being well and the kids wouldn't be that sick or we'd have a few weeks of feeling good and I'd be like, oh, maybe I don't need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I knew it was coming. I knew that that was that something big had to happen in order for there to be a true or a sustainable shift in my health. Yeah, and, and that's important else, yeah. to
0: note that, that that's okay. Because yeah. for some people like you, I would definitely say with the issues that you've come to see me with, definitely not a worst case. And you no. could kind of get through life with it. It's not like every day you were debilitated by your issues. It was kind of like popping up here and there until it gets to the point that I, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I don't want yeah. to get seen so frequently. Yeah. So um, sometimes I have people say to me, well, I read the GAPS book and you know, I don't have that, I don't have schizophrenia, my kids don't have A D H D. Yeah. You know, I don't have severe digestive complaints, but maybe gaps. So maybe, you know, this isn't for me, maybe it's too extreme. So I kinda of yeah. get that as well.
1: Did and you feel like exactly that? That's exactly how I felt because it was like I didn't have the digestive issues. I wasn't um, I wasn't compromised in that way. It was it was my general immunity. Um, and my ability to fight off illnesses um, and then not get secondary infections and things like that, which, you know, seemed like a series of isolated incidences where the GPs would just say, oh, you're just really unlucky or your kids are going through daycare right now, so you're just picking up everything. And I would say, yeah, but lots of my... All my friends are in exactly the same scenario, but they only pick up, you know, one out of the five viruses that I'm getting. So why is it that my... And, of course, they wouldn't be able to sort of talk to me about that. Um, you know, they, they just sort of try to reassure me that it was totally normal. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a really good point to make. I was, I was sort of discouraged from doing anything, you know, um, anything different to what I was already doing. So, it was a real commitment for me to, to do it. It was a big decision.
0: Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I think you do need to get to that point where you're feeling ready, where you're like, I know this is what I need to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that an, a series of things happened for me to get to that point. Um, one was that um, my son, my younger son, Leo, had been hospitalised twice for asthma. Um, and I, my father had passed away suddenly from a brain tumour, an undiagnosed brain tumour that we didn't know about. And so that was a real wake-up call for me around health and wellbeing um, and, and quite shocking. So it kind of forced me to look at... Um, you know the quality of life that you have, and, and all sorts of things on, on deeper levels, and and then I think that the final straw was that um, I got a, a vi- just a normal virus, and then I got pneumonia yeah. as a second dream, and that just completely put me out of action for almost three weeks. Like I was in bed for two weeks. I was the most unwell that I've been. Um, that I can remember and it really scared me because I was like wow this is I've got kids and a job and a life and I'm you know I'm only 30 I was 37 so why you know to be that unwell is really scary and it, that's really I had a lot of time to lie around and think during <laughs> during that time yes. too and that's when I really thought well I really owe it to myself I deserve to be well and so do my kids and I really I I I deserve the time and the effort and the energy that it's going to take to get well. Yeah. And I knew in my mind that it was like now or never, I'm either going to just suck it up and just keep going like this and this is going to be my pattern and my kids' pattern or I'm just going to you know, bite the bullet and do it and completely commit um, and give myself the attention and the time and the energy and my kids that it deserves in order to get well.
0: And that's just such a beautiful way to put it that you decided you deserve to feel well. I love how yeah, you put it like that. Yeah, and
1: it's true. It really it really I I didn't want to be unwell that person that was complaining or feeling a bit sorry for themselves or a bit miserable I, and I thought I you know life has been pretty shitty in this last 12 months with everything that's happened and life's too short to be unwell you know like exactly. if, you, if you can do something different if, if there's a way not to be then you deserve to have that your best life really yeah. where you're not unwell. well yeah, absolutely yeah. so when you started um gaps with me
0: when you came to me to start gaps what were your goals what did you have that like this is what I want to achieve from this
1: So my goals were not to have an itchy, snotty, stuffy nose constantly where I had allergies and just a a red nose in general um, and just constant congestion and sinus. Um, I also didn't want to pick up every cold and virus that was going around. Even if it was not going around, I would suddenly get a magical virus somehow. So I didn't want to be picking up that the bulk of the viruses, I really wanted, and I didn't think this was possible at all, but I wanted Leo's asthma to reduce significantly or go away. Um, I didn't. I wanted their general well-being because they picked up every cold and virus that was going around as well. So I wanted them to be able to pick up less viruses, um, just have better immunity to things. And, and if they did pick it up for it to resolve in the normal three to five days rather yeah. than lasting two weeks. Yeah. Um, and my other son, um, my oldest son, had was also experiencing some, well, he has some sensory processing um, symptoms. So he has some texture stuff. He has some anxiety, um, some behaviour issues, but not all sort of stuff that we were sort of managing but that would fluctuate. Um, and, and I always felt like there was a, um, a correlation with food that what he was eating, I could see an increase in his anxiety or sensory behavior. Um, I could see an increase in his irritability or his ability to sit still and concentrate and focus, do his homework, that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I was really hopeful, but I didn't know if it was possible that, that I would see that completely calm down and be more consistent yeah. in terms of the, the good behaviours, yeah.
0: Yeah, great. And so when you started GAPS, of course, I already know the answer to this question, but this is for everyone else's benefit. Mm. Um, what approach did you take? So, for, you know, in terms of full GAPS, intro, leading in gradually, what was the approach that we took for you guys with GAPS?
1: So I... Um, we started off on full gaps oh, so first of all we started off and just starting to swap some of food, some of the food so for me it was always the goal for me to, to start first and lead the way and then i would once i felt comfortable in that stage or going through that process and i felt like i had mastered that then i would bring the kids along with me in that so yeah. making really small transitions and i think that that's what made it manageable Was that it wasn't like okay this is the the time starts now and you have to give everything up and you have to and and so it's like a really slow sort of transition so your brain has the chance i guess to come along with that process and you don't feel deprived you don't feel like you're missing out and you can kind of make this this like piecemeal kind of transition into full gaps and that that was perfect for us because it wasn't as scary um, for me or my husband as well, because yeah. <laughs> that was also another issue was that he was sort of having to change a large um, proportion of how he ate, and so it wasn't it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
0: and making sure yeah. that everyone's coping with the change is just as important, if not more important, than making the change. Yeah,
1: so it yeah, is that's about right. yeah
0: doing it in a way that's sustainable, and we can be very hard on ourselves with well, I know what I need to do, so why can't I just do it all right now?
1: Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. we can't be getting overwhelmed and, I, and stressed. I
1: did feel too that I, you know, there was a sense of impatience with me, is because I, I also wanted to just get straight to stage one, so I could just like get in there yeah. and just like sort <laughs> myself out and and just immerse myself in that, and then obviously I would start to be feeling better then, and, and everything would yeah. be wonderful, and yeah, and so there was that kind of I guess impatient, like I was impatient and excited as well to to get to that point because it feels like stage one is the point that you have to get to. Yeah. But as because you helped me to do it slowly and and encourage me to just sort of get on top of each stage um, and go through that transition in that very considered and calm way it meant that when I did finally get to stage one I was able to cope with it and I was really ready for it yeah instead of being overwhelmed by it um or and and just feeling like I couldn't do it yeah like it was actually by the time I got to stage one it was actually so much easier than I thought it was going to be you know it was all about the anticipation for it in my mind but I didn't realize that very cleverly You were preparing me for it the entire time, and so it wasn't such a big deal when the time did arrive.
0: Yeah. And so when we did gradually get you onto full gaps, and you did, you know, you made that, you made those gradual transitions, and you were on full gaps. What changes did you notice there? Just this is before doing intro. You had just gradually transitioned from your your diet was like a paleo-ish style whole food with a bit of bread diet. Um, yes. and you've just like, swapped things out and we moved you on to
1: full gaps, what
0: changes yeah. did you notice then?
1: Well, I think it was like three days after I had got rid of the starch so I wasn't eating sweet potato or sourdough or, or rice anymore and I wasn't eating excessive amounts of that but I was still eating it and they were like my last three things that I was just clinging on to that, you know, I felt brought me joy, all of this joy. <laughs> I, I, I remember when I told you <laughs> you needed to stop them. <laughs> <laughs> but once I actually did get rid of those those three things, like after three days, my nose was completely clear for the first time probably in my life I could, since I then I can remember because I've always had a blocked nose, not runny or dripping but just congestion at the top of my nose. And I was so used to that, I had forgotten what it felt like to be able to breathe clearly through my nose without there being any congestion there. And I could smell things and I just couldn't believe that I could breathe through my nose without there being, um, you know, like a, a certain amount of blockage there. And it wasn't red anymore. Like it wasn't this bright Rudolph the red nose reindeer kind (laughs) of nose on my face. Yeah, it was the
0: first thing I I noticed in our next session after that. Our next session after that was like, Libby, your nose.
1: (laughs) I know, it was like a miracle. I honestly couldn't believe it. And my husband couldn't either. He was like, I can't believe you can breathe through your nose. And that that just by eliminating those foods, as well as all the other stuff I was doing, you know, the healing stuff, um, that it had that significant effect. Um, and yeah, it still shocks me. I still am surprised that I can breathe and that it's lasted. Yeah. Like I have had some times where my nose has got stuffy again and and but I'm much better able to work out why that is now and yeah. what, what what for what reason. Where before I had no idea why that was happening it was just who I was and and what I had to live with so yeah yeah that was the the most um noticeable difference yeah it was amazing
0: and so as we were moving you on to full gaps um the boys we got them on
1: to tell us a bit about what they moved on to okay so with the boys it was a lot harder and um and some of that was just around my capacity to manage my own journey around through Gaps and, and what I had to juggle in my mind as well as work and life and all those other things. Yeah, and, and how old getting, are your boys? Sorry? How old are your boys? Um, Leo is, has just turned three yeah. and Miles has just turned six. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically it was a, a, a similar process in that I just started swapping and subbing things. So I didn't take away everything to start with. It was just like, instead of this, we'll have that instead. And of course, there was resistance and, um, and they weren't always happy with that. But I found that by just being honest and upfront with them and saying, well, this is the food that we eat now and this is why and, and for this reason, um, eventually after about a week, they just forgot about the other food. And then they really, um, they just sort of accepted it. And so they started eating things that they would never have normally eaten. So dinners became different because they would just start eating food that I'd never imagined that they would start eating. And I was so happy. I was like, every time you got a little success with them, it it made me feel really happy. Um, And it it kind of kept me going, kept me motivated to keep trying. Um, And eventually we got to the point where they were on full gaps apart from having um, some sweet potato and some sourdough. And so
0: I really want to highlight this point because in that time you were transitioning them and getting them to the point of almost full gaps but with still sweet potato and sourdough. Tell us about the changes you saw in them in that time.
1: So just in that time, literally just from taking your, I think the the most major thing that it was was just them not eating normal bread because they didn't realise how much bread they ate. Like they just had, you know, if you have toast for breakfast and then you have a sandwich for lunch, that's four bits of bread in one day for a little body. You know, it's a lot when you think about it. Um, And then all the pasta and when you look at all the meals that you're eating, a lot of them had pasta or rice or... You know some something of that nature in it. Um so just by changing the diets to that level, I saw a complete reduction in Leo's asthma. Like drastically so. So that he um was no well, all winter. So this is his worst winter is the worst time for asthma, obviously. Um and last year he was hospitalized twice and he had um, ready pred, ready pred steroids um, on four occasions. Um, he was on a preventator um, and often had to have the Ventolin, you know. And whenever he got sick, which was all the time, it would go straight to asthma. And so we were just on this recurrent cycle with it. And so this this winter, he hasn't had any episode of asthma at at all. Nothing. So he hasn't had an asthma attack. He hasn't had to take any oral steroids. Um, he hasn't. It hasn't escalated to asthma and I keep waiting for it you know I keep expecting it to come or I'm sort of on this vigilant lookout for it to happen like um like it's not going to be real but it is real he just
0: there's only a couple of days left of winter
1: (laughs) yeah I know and I'm yeah I'm I'm so surprised I never expected that outcome I would have been happy in just a reduction yeah um you know so I I'm not saying he's cured of asthma or anything like that But this has just been, you know, an enormous turnaround to last year. Yeah. So that's been great. And he's had probably a third of the viruses, you know, like he's still got a bit of snotty nose here and there, but it hasn't gone to his chest. He's had no antibiotics. He's had no nothing. You know, he's just had a a bit of a snot nose every now and again. And, And then it's just resolved. Yeah that's, yeah, that's awesome. I think. Oh, sorry. He had one episode of tonsillitis at the end. Yes, he did have that one tonsillitis, which I think when we talked about it, you talked about it being a, um, a candida ish, you know, like it's linked to that. And so when I thought about it, he had probably eaten a little bit too much sweet stuff, you know, like we'd been going too heavy or I'd let it like relax a little bit. You know, or we've been to a birthday party or something out of the norm had happened. And so I don't know whether it necessarily means that they get that, but it, it's taught me to be more aware of what, when, when he is going to be unwell, what has he been eating the week before? And have I let my guard down? Or I can usually trace it back to the, a, a visit to granny's or something yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> where um, a typical week's diet hasn't been the same. So yeah. I, I just know now that we just need to really focus and get back to, um, you know, gaps, and then um, I feel confident that we can resolve it that way now. And I don't feel so like, oh, you know, why is this happening? Yeah. yeah,
0: and I feel like that part of your story is a really important one because you never, they never got completely onto full gaps yet. You have seen so much improvement, huge, yeah, huge massive, improvements. Yeah. And I think that's a really important one for people to be aware of. We don't want to yeah. get our blinkers on about GAPS and say that no healing can happen until you get onto GAPS. Yes, we like, of course, you know, being a GAPS practitioner, I do really like to get people onto GAPS for the healing. But we, we need to acknowledge that by moving to a whole food diet to just including the healing foods healing starts happening so even if you can't get all you know if gaps is just seeming too overwhelming it's just taking those steps and then starting to see that improvement which you have which is awesome
1: yeah and i think it's also important to to remember that as your parent you just do your best and that and that is better than um than not doing anything at all and you know, there were definitely weeks there where I would get really down on myself thinking I should have them on full gaps by now. And, And if I just tried a little harder or made more of an effort and, and then I realized that, you know, just like you said, they have already had so much healing and they've already improved so much. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And that has been really beneficial for them and our family. And so I should just focus on that rather than looking at Um, what still needs to be done and and why that hasn't been achieved and and being down on yourself about that because that's actually not helpful it's not a positive way to be looking at it and um, and I should just keep um, reminding myself that we've come a long way and that we have already achieved so much and that's a great thing yeah and you have the knowledge now
0: so yeah, if anything yeah. pops up. And I know
1: what and... needs to happen, yeah. So if things did take a turn for the worse or they started getting sick again regularly or, um, you know, I wasn't happy with how things were, I feel now that I've got an option of, of taking back some control around what needs to happen in order for there to be improvement again, which is a nice feeling as a parent because before I felt like I, I was just a passive recipient of what was happening to us health-wise. Yeah, And now I feel like I've got this i guess level of control and knowledge around how to manage that better
0: yeah it's very empowering and that's what i think yeah Yeah. one of the biggest thing about this kind of health journey is that empowerment to understand what's going on in our own body because we're meant to
1: yeah. I was saying this to my friend the other day that um, whenever it was so normal for us to be sick all the time that whenever anything would be coming up in the future, like a camping trip or a trip away or an event of any kind, the first thing that I would think to myself was, oh, we're probably going to be sick for that. And then planning in my mind about how I was going to manage being sick while having to do that, or how disappointing it will be to plan for this but then not be able to go because one of us would get sick, and how for the first time I don't actually have that feeling. So we were planning a trip away, and the first thing I went to think, oh, but we're we'll probably gonna, we are probably going we should not book the flights because no doubt someone will get sick. And then I was just like, oh, I don't have to like that anymore <laughs> that's awesome. because we won't be. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And it's like, yeah, it's a really different feeling to how I've realized that I've been feeling for the last, yeah. you know, five or six years. That's fantastic. It's really liberating. That's yeah. awesome.
0: So for someone that is just starting out or you know, has some health issues and they're looking at doing gaps, what would be one piece of advice for them or one of your biggest takeaways from your journey so far or, you know, something that you wish you'd known right at the start?
1: Mm. Well, I feel like i have already having these conversations with so many of my friends <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 'Cause now I've had such good success and I think other people seeing that happen for me, they're asking questions, they don't just think I'm the crazy food lady anymore. <laughs> but um I I would sort of say that um it's it's more than just a diet and it's more than just about food. It's really it's a dual journey in that sense. I know that sounds like really but it, it really is it's it's more of a mental journey that you're going to go on as well as a physical one yeah. and and you can't go on one without the other i didn't really realize that or maybe i had an inkling about that at the beginning of it and that's probably what led to me not resisting it for so long because yeah. i knew that you have to 100% commit you almost have to surrender to the idea of it and and then and not resist it you have to be 100% focused on yourself yeah, uh, And that can be uncomfortable for some people because we're so used to, particularly as parents, yes, as mothers, looking yes. at our children or looking after other people or a family member or your job. And it, it actually is really quite you know, challenging to look at yourself completely and give yourself permission to be a little indulgent and go, okay, this is about me and my well-being and what I need. And you have to, I guess, give yourself permission to do that and really um, and be okay and not feel guilty about it.
0: Yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's great advice, Libby. Thank you. Um, so thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing this your journey with everyone because I think it's an inspiring one and a, and a good one for people to hear no matter where they are at on their stage of their journey as
1: well yeah thank you and thank you I couldn't have done it without you you've been a wonderful mentor it's been fantastic I really encourage everybody if they have the opportunity the timing might not be now but just to keep it on yeah in the back of your mind because it is life-changing yeah great thanks Libby no worries thanks bye